Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Johnny, should we do a podcast? I would be honored and delighted to do just that. Let's do a podcast then. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players and we're here to talk all about that bass. As well as answering your questions at home, each week we take a look at the latest news and break down some tones and give you the lowdown on the low end. Chris, my dear, have you had a wonderful uh, bass-related week? I actually have, you know, as a rare occasion for me, I have had a bass-filled week. Um, I was at the Royal Albert Hall at the weekend. Hurrah! Oh. Oh, exactly, really? I was on the wrong the wrong side of Birmingham. And <laughs> um, <laughs> the wrong side of Birmingham. And uh, yeah, I went to this uh, this like musical theatre thing that was hosted by uh, Magic, the radio station, and the bass player in the orchestra was rocking a double bass for quite a lot of the evening and a bit of cello. And then towards the end of the evening, a ding wall appeared on stage. Whoa! Just in the wrong environment. I love it. Exactly. And I swear, I swear to God, I was the only person, I don't know the capacity of the Royal Albert Hall, but I was the only person in there who went, that's a ding wall, everyone, that's a ding wall. Oh my God, it was like the... um. <laughs> The Leonardo DiCaprio thing, you know, the whoop, whoop, here I come. You're like, whoop, <laughs> pointing at the camera. Yeah. Exactly. That's what that's what it was like, and it, it sounded so good. I feel like that would be you if you were to do um, any kind of classical work or anything like that, where they're like, any chance to whip out the dingwall, and you're like, yep, let's go. <laughs> well... Semi-controversial opinion, I think it is the best five-string you can buy at the moment. Well, I mean, it's just, like, custom-made for, for that thing, isn't it? Like, and that feel, and it's all about that low B tension and, you know... Oh, yeah, dog. and it was really clear. Like, even I could hear, like, when he was playing lots of, like, Cs and E-flats, it just sounded really good. It was super even. Like, I could see... I could just about... I was quite far away, but I could see, like what string he was playing at certain times. So I sat watching him say move, um, you know, across the neck, so across the strings. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that is really clear. Like, there might be a lot of compression on it, and I imagine there is, but it was like, it was just really nice and even. Yeah. And it just sat really nicely. It wasn't like a ding wally sound. It wasn't exactly rocking like a, a B7K and an X7 <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. It was just a... It kind of sounded like it was just like a clean DI. Like that was the I sound. Like, I like to for. think that it was going through a dark glass. It just had a cab sim on, and he was like, "Oh, can't use the All rest the, of it." Oh, the dream. <laughs> yeah, the dream. Like, ladies and gentlemen, the London Philharmonic, Philharmonic Orchestra featuring Adam Nolly Get Good on bass. That'd be incredible. Incredible. Well, that sounds. 
flipping marvelous. Um, it was lovely. How about you? What did you? What have? What base related things have you been up to this um, week? Not a lot, really. I've been just just YouTubing about. To be honest, um, I've got a gig next Sunday at a festival um, in Yeovil. Um, playing two sets, nice. two sets of that. Um, and I'm actually missing a gig because, uh, as you know, I'm going to um, Slam Dunk in, in Hatfield on next Saturday. You are. Well, time of, time of release. Slam Dunk. Uh, oh, come on. At time of release, that'll be today. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait for that. But um, it means that I'm missing out on a gig for my own band. So they've got the old bass player and previous guest and friend of the show, Matt White, a.k.a. Uh, Skinflower Music on Instagram, um, filling in. Uh, so he's back, he's Very back nice. on bass duties. Uh, we had a dual bass player practice last night, uh, which is an experience, you know. Uh, I I kept like, he he's a, Matt's a better, better, better bass player than me, um, in my opinion. And he is so good at fills and like just putting in little bits here and there uh that i wasn't doing previously and so i'd be playing and i go god bloody hell do you know what i smashed that fill then that was rip oh wait it was matt <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm like oh i sound good oh wait it's not me that's that's me when i'm practicing along to something and i can hear the original bass part i'm like oh <laughs> like i was um I was practicing, I've got a wedding at the weekend and I was practicing Angels by Robbie Williams and I can play that song inside, outside, back to front because it, you know, it pops up quite a lot in my line of work. However, because it pops up a lot in my line of work, I thought, well, why don't you actually learn the, the proper line? You know, go listen to the song and I've got to be honest with you, Johnny, give it a listen. <laughs> like there's some really nice, it's pop music. So, yeah. you know, the, the bass player they've got on it, I don't know who it is. But the bass player they've got isn't overstaying his welcome at any point. But there's lots of nice climbing into the next chord. Yeah. And I was sat there playing and there's a little fill in the last chorus. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so good at this. And then realized I'd <laughs> muted my amp and it was just coming through my speakers. <laughs> well, and then I was and then I was reminded just how terrible I am at this instrument. <laughs> it's very grounding, those moments, isn't it? Like, okay. <laughs> get back to practice it's very hum it's very humble that's the one yeah very humbling but yeah uh it was an experience and uh yeah i uh, uh th thank him a lot for for stepping in uh so uh we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh in a minute because now chris i think it's time for our first question i think it's time for our first question too It's time for question one. Ooh. We're going controversial straight out of the bat here. Oof. Question one, my dear Jonathan Dibble. Bass solos, are they overrated? Ooh. Um. Yes. If you wanted to take a solo, you should have been a guitarist. Next question. Oh, come on. So I think the interesting word here is, is overrated. Like, I don't know if they're rated. <laughs> I don't know. Like... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if anyone's like, oh yeah, like everyone loves a bass solo, you know. I think there's a time and a place. I think they're absolutely overrated if you're doing nothing but that all the time through a song that doesn't need it, you know, or doesn't, you know. 
that doesn't call for it or if it's interrupting other items that are on there that need to shine in that moment i think it's actually better less is more sometimes you know to take a back seat as my favorite quote from you chris is that we are best supporting actors um and so very 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 true uh, a wise man once said yeah who was that um i personally am not a fan of the bass solo having asked to having been asked to take bass solos on gigs from time to time Mm. i am not particularly a big fan of it personally i just it never seems to sound great i can understand if it's like we've we've made a instrumental section of which the bass player is like kind of leading the charge yeah i've always said to bands like can we do something like that like maybe like a i'll do a thing with the drummer where we do like a fast walking bass line thing and we'll go yeah. faster and faster and faster and faster or like that's the, more interesting, or like the but... second verse of the song is just drum and bass you know like that's very yeah common, that's, that's more great yeah that's more interesting to me and i'm not personally a big fan of the old bass solo but on the the other way around i really like billy sheehan as a player and he's very good at a bass solo um cliff burton from metallica loads of bass solos in like the first two metallica albums absolute well the first three metallica albums you know like one of the most famous like well, you've got, there's a song called Anast- An- Anesthesia. Yeah, Anesthesia. I was going to call it Anastasia, as in the singer, um, which is a bass solo. There's a bass solo on the first Metallica album, like a full two-minute uninterrupted bass solo, like Eruption. And that's great. It really works. And then you've got bits like Orion by Metallica as well, where there's a there's a guitar solo played on bass, as in with bends and everything. Right. And that's wow. really good. So all that seems to work. I think it's one of them where it's, when it works... It works, mm. but most of the time it doesn't work. Yeah, unless and I, and I think. Sorry, you go. Unless caveat, you're really good at slap bass, then you can they can just let you go off, and it sounds amazing. Yeah, I think it calls for it in moments, and when, like, if, like in a set of music, one, you know, like where it happens, and you're like, oh, da- like, damn, that is really good, or like that sounds amazing. Um, I, I think it annoys me solos. I'm not a huge fan of anyway, like uh, when, if it's overused in like an album or something, I'm like, oh, another solo, right? Here we go. Um, so I think that we, you can afford to have one in a set or something, in a, but it's really got to earn its place. And, and yeah, it's got to be in the context of the song as well. I don't think just fanning around too much is, is not where i what i prefer to do Um, yeah but one thing that really um opened my eyes to solos a little bit more and matt who asked this question um will will agree with i'm sure is six string basses man they they encourage they encourage soloing oh i'm not talking about a basics don't worry chris um just (laughs) just a standard six string bass I was always like, no, useless, don't want any of those. But man, they're a lot of fun. If you can get a good one, they're a lot of fun. Um, to, 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 and it encourages you to go higher up, you know, and use a higher register. Uh, to, and you just end up doing lots of like solo stuff on it. And it can sound nice in, in context. But uh, but yeah, there we go. I think I would personally, I think I would rather see a bass player not take solos, but every now and again, just rip a really good fill. Yeah. Definitely. That it's like there's um like there's a 
there's a particular fill in um, Good Love Is On The Way by John Mayer in the live version where Pino Palladino does a full one-bar bass fill. It's like it sits on an F sharp, then a D, then it goes back to the A. And the first the first bar, in fact, it's two bars, he does a full two-bar run going up, going down the scale in this cool pattern, then going back to the F sharp to continue yeah. the chorus. It's really well done. In fact, it's so well done. I'm pretty sure Scott's Bass Lessons have done three long-form videos just on one <laughs> fill now. Wow. Uh, I know. Understandably, it's a really... it's a it's really good and it's really hard. I'd rather see stuff like that. That interests yeah. me. Or maybe I would rather just see bass players write good parts. Don't you think and that'd be kind of like the flex? Yeah. Don't you think that that further cements like what our role is though as a rhythm section accompaniment, you know? Like a drummer doing fills. It's all about the the groove and and transitioning it into the next segment in a way that is, you know, uh, smooth, but but very cool at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, I I do my very best to think more like a drummer than mm-hmm. a guitarist. Anyway, yeah. I'm always thinking about the I'm always thinking about the kick drum. I'm always thinking about what the drummer's doing and trying to lock in with that. Me too. More than necessarily listening to the guitar. Like I, I'm aware that there is a guitar, but at no point am I like looking at the guitarist and going, "What strumming pattern are you playing?" Yeah, I'm always looking at the kick drum and being like, "Where are you accenting? Let me make sure I'm doing that too." Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I guess the big difference again with me and you compared to someone like Matt is um, we don't play that kind of music. I know, well, I know I certainly don't. Like, I don't play any music where the bass is taking a lead approach. Like, you think of people like what's his name, uh, Yannick. Oh, what's his name? Grascala? Gascala? YouTuber, do you know what I mean? I don't know if I do, actually. Oh, I think you'd rec- you'd recognise him. Um, he was just on an episode of the Scots Bass Lessons podcast. Yes, uh, I know who you mean. Big, yeah, right, big YouTuber. He's like a six-string bass guy, and a lot of his actual solo music is the bass is playing the lead melody mm. in like a, like a jazz, like with jazz harmony and stuff. That so basically he's kind of taking a solo. He is a, the solo instrument, the lead instrument. But a lot of the line of work that I play is a lot of I'm I'm back I'm backing up the guitarist, I'm backing up the singer, I'm gluing the drums and the guitars together. Best supporting actor, basically. Making it sound good. Well, I, I try my best, I really do. Mm-hmm. Some people though, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think it's you know, there's no rights and wrongs, let's remember. Uh, and it's just opinions and all that. And I think if you can do it, power to you. It you know it takes a phenomenal player to to pull something like that off. Uh, and you know, got to be said, Matt, for instance, phenomenal player. Sounds so good, and the way he mixes in effects with it as well opens up a whole world of soundscape and really interesting stuff. So I think if you can do it, and you've got the chops to do it, and you, and the know how, great. For it's contextual though. You know, so I think it can be very rated in places where it's where it calls for it or it or it works, but not overdone. Shall we uh, shall we move on to the next segment? I think we should do just that. It's the news time for the news. Uh, Pretty uh, short segment for the news this week Um, because there's it's a bit of a dry one, Chris. We uh, we don't we like it too dry, but this week we've just got one piece of news from 
Uh, diamond compressor. There is a new one. Oh boy. Uh, do you know much about Diamond? I assume they're called Diamond Effects, the company. I don't actually know. Uh, I'm aware Ooh. of the Diamond compressor. Yes. Um, and I first came upon that because one of the stock compressors in the Quad Cortex is the Jewel compressor, as in J E W E L. Uh huh. And it was kind of a cool compressor. It's only got, if I remember correctly, compression torn volume. Yeah. And then I think there's like a high and low cut switch that I never really figured out what it did. And I'm not really an expert when it comes to how compressors work. I've got to be honest with you. I tend to watch quad cortex tutorials go, that sounds good, and just copy the settings. Um because attack and attack and release scares me. So with yeah, attack and release, I always get confused as to like what the knob is actually doing. Like if you turn it yes, up, I under- is that I, faster yeah, I understand. or is it slower? Yeah. Yeah, I understand uh I understand what they're doing, as in what what is attack, what is release, but I don't understand how the knobs work, although I saw a really good analogy for how compression works the other day Ooh. that I've got to share with you. Ooh, so the 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 analogy for how compression works is you are playing music in your room and your mum comes up and bangs on the door and tells you to turn the music down. That's the compressor. So your mum banging on the door is the compressor and then you turn it down. But it explains all of the different uh, all of the different parts of a compressor. So the threshold is how loud you turn up your stereo before your mum comes up the stairs and bangs on the door. The uh, ratio is how much you turn your stereo down after she's knocked on the door. And then the release is how slowly you decide to turn your stereo down, whether you turn it down really quickly and she goes away, or you slowly turn it down and she slowly goes back down the stairs. And then the attack is how quickly the point in time is from her banging on the door and you going over and turning down the stereo. Love that. Is that not the best thing ever? <laughs> now I'm just going to think of my mum the whole time I'm using compression. It is funny because I always think about your mum when I'm using compression. That's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone out there, just think of my mum, please. Even though, even though it was technically, I was when you think about it, I was talking about my mum, not yours. But yeah, yeah, true. Hey, there we go. The face of a nation. <laughs> I was going to say something else then, but I'm going to redact it before i say it yeah i'd prefer it if you didn't whatever that might be <laughs> anyway um the it's for, if you don't know what this compressor is it's very famous it's the big yellow one um it's i put it up there as like the top three like household names in terms of bass compression so i put it up Ooh. there with like the cali 76 origin effects um and the empress the empress bass compressor oh okay like the blue and orange one um and then mm. and then this one those are in my mind have always been like the holy grail uh compressors they're, that's not to say that you know there are other good ones out there of course but they're like the the famous ones uh and so i've always wanted to try in a, one in a pedal in a pedal context yeah for sure yes. oh yeah, yeah yeah um i've never tried one before i've never tried the Empress either i'd love to um but this they've brought out a new one it is 250 pounds i believe um and because everything's 200 quid on this podcast yeah, 200 to 250 that's kind of your price range um 
I'm just looking on Andertons at the minute. Um, the interface has changed a little bit. It used to just be three knobs and a bit of a wider pedal. Um, they've now upgraded it to four knobs. Um, oh my god! Are any of these on the back? Uh, all of which are on the front. You'd be pleased oh to know. my god! It's a revolution, isn't it? Wow! It, it's so nice to see things the way they always were. <laughs> back in my day. Back in back in back in my day, we had all the knobs on the front of the pedal, and you couldn't <laughs> use that bloody that bloody Bluetooth. <laughs> there were no, there were no app. Download it. Um, <laughs> not going to use no app, my lover. I just like to twiddle them knobs. <laughs> I you comment down below what whose accent is your favourite? <laughs> um, Please right. don't. The knobs. Um, that's what we talk to me about that's your what, knobs. That's what we should have called this podcast. Just two knobs. The knobs. knobs. Um, level compression mids and tilt, and then you've got a little tilt frequency between two hundred and fifty, nine hundred, and then five hundred options on there as well via the little toggle so Ooh. they've added a, a little feature in an additional frequency selection on the old one you could only do between 200 and 900 so there's a little middle ground now uh and yeah mid control instead uh, oh middle mid and tilt as opposed to just a tone control so yeah a bit more flexibility smaller housing what's not to like yeah uh, i'd love to hear it interesting very what is the actual what is the purpose of the EQ? Is it just some EQ shaping after you've compressed it? Well, it, yes. So it's a bass compressor slash EQ, they call it. It's oh, okay. The official name is Diamond Bass Comp EQ Optical Bass Compressor and Tilt EQ Pedal. So Interesting. You can, what is tilt? Tilt is essentially, it's a bit like a, ba I'm assuming on this one, or this is what I've understood it to be before. It's a bit like a bass and treble balance, so if you think about it, at 12 o'clock is neutral. If you turn it anti-clockwise, you're giving it more bass, less treble, and vice versa the other way, more treble, okay. less bass. So it's like you're kind of getting a middle ground between them um, in, Got in it. one knob, essentially. Um, yeah, because the old the Laney Nexus amps had a tilt function, yeah. which I never really... I, ne well, I mean, I, I only ever used that amp in a studio scenario when I was in... Uh, when I was in Dead Romantics, I didn't really know how it worked, but um, yeah, apparently the what's his face from Skindred used to use them, and he was saying the tilt thing is like really good when you're in a venue because mm -hmm. without changing your actual tone, you can quickly go, oh, it's a bit boomy in here, I'll just move the tilt and then it fixes everything. Yeah, it sounds quite useful. You've still got the balance of within your normal EQ, yeah, and the the Laney Digbeth stuff's got it as well. That was my oh, first it? introduction oh, okay. to that. Um, so Got it. I'm assuming based on that that that's what that is. So you can use this pedal as an EQ, as just a compressor, um, or you know, or uh, uh, both. So pretty cool. I like that dual kind of functionality. But yeah, that is all of the news that we have this week. There's nothing else that's been announced. Uh, so I say we uh, we bloody move on to the next question. Let's bloody well move on. It is time for question two. Wow. There's no need to act surprised. This is quite literally the format and order we do every episode in. What? Um, interesting one this week. It's, it is, you have technically given me three questions here. Well, your more. stunned silence speaks mountains. 
anyway, the more, the, uh, the more the merrier. More is more, in the words of the great philosopher Yngwie Malmsteen. Uh, so, question. If you can say Kylo Ren. Kylo, what? <laughs> into the <laughs> more. <laughs> right. Okay. Question two. What made you feel like a real musician? Question mark. Was it playing a song with others? Question mark. Music theory? Question mark. Silly man or woman, whoever asked this. This is a bass podcast. <laughs> we aren't musicians. Please. We are so much more. We are rock stars. I'm throwing up the horns, everyone. If you can't see it, they're flying around. <laughs> um, interesting. What are your thoughts on this question? Because I think there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of uh, where you could define the threshold of I am a musician because I would argue if you can just play like one song, yeah, I would say call yourself a musician. Yeah, I don't. But think... then there'll be a lot of people out there who go, "Oh, you don't do this for a living. You aren't a musician." Yeah, I I want to start off by saying that I don't think that's the case, like at all. Like if that's oh, I do. if that oh yeah cool and that's, i'm kidding i'm kidding no if that's I'm, the I case am joking, then though. i am not a musician because i'm not a full-time musician um and so i think what makes you feel like a real musician is is i'm trying to think about what makes me feel like one though because i think people will define this differently because like you said it might just be picking up playing a chord and being able to write a song for instance you'd be like wow i did that and that's something that I made that came out of my mind and hands, you know. Um, so I think that's probably going to be where a lot of people's jumping off point for the the bar that is being a musician. Uh, it might be writing a song, playing a song. Um, I have this weird thing where I get imposter syndrome and about even just being a musician because I feel very knowledgeable in some areas but very not knowledgeable in others. Like music theory, for instance, that's said in the question. I know very basic stuff from GCSE music. That is it. You know, I'm not a music theory guy. Uh, I, I can't sight read. I feel useless in those situations, you know. If someone were to go, right, play this. It's in E and then uh, G and then in uh, C major. You know, I'd, I'd be able to work. You know, that's very simple examples. I can kind of work that out. And I wouldn't be able to just go, oh, yes, blah, 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 there we go. I'd, I do have to kind of work out a bit. It makes me feel like I'm a dyslexic musician. I'm not dyslexic, but that's what how I kind of feel sometimes where I'm like, I, I just don't understand this. Or I, it's not how my brain works or, or, or that's not the way I find the joy in it. Um, and so, so yeah, it's, it's, I'm always back and forth with this one because sometimes i'll be in a really bad place musically where i'm not feeling creative or i'm not feeling like um i can jam like i'll go through phases where i'm like i feel like i don't know this fretboard and i'm like not just not gelling with it right now um i even went through a phase one time where all of a sudden i'm quite good at doing vocal harmonies performing them maybe not so well and playing bass at the same time not so well but doing them in the car coming up with them on the fly for a song i've not heard before or heard once i i feel like i can predict where a song is going i kind of speak that language in a way um in terms of like song structure and things like that so that's and, and I, I lost that for like a month one time i just couldn't harmonize anymore i was like i can't work this out what's going on 
And that it's those things that make me feel like a musician, that that kind of understanding of songwriting and ability to predict where things are going. Um, it's almost like another language but that isn't music theory in in my eyes. So yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a complicated answer uh, on that one, but hopefully something resonated in there with uh, somebody listening who might be feeling the same because there are pressures from other people to be like, oh, you have to be able to know music theory to be a real musician, etc. And just you know, that's just gatekeeping to stop what is art at the end of the day. You know, no one if you paint something, no one's going to go, um, you didn't use the right uh oil paints for that or something you know or like the right technique for the, for doing that that's not right you know it's it's hard at the end of the day so you've got to take that with a pin. ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sorry, Chris. Uh, I just waffled for like 20 minutes there. That's quite all right. Uh, it is a complicated answer because I think it's a really complicated question as well. Mm. Like, you know, some people might say, oh, you're only a musician when it's your job, for example, because it's like, well, what, what, what's your profession? I am a musician. You know, there might be that argument, which I don't necessarily agree with either because I would say I've been a musician since I was 13. Mm. But I've only been... Uh, I've only been doing this as a source of living for almost a year. In fact, here's a good question. When are we releasing this episode? Is it going to be the 20th? Uh, see, um, a bit later than that, isn't it? Today's the 18th. The 18th today, so... Oh, wait, no, yeah, 19th, 20th, yeah. Yeah. So, um, get your birthday candles out, everyone. Uh, on the uh, On the day you are listening to this podcast, at the time of release... I will have been a self-employed musician for one year and one day. Wow! I know. I only. I only. Thank you very much. And I only realised that yesterday. So, some people would say that, like, oh, I've, I've, you know, you're only a musician when it's your job. And I don't think I necessarily agree with that. I think this part where they've said in the question, was it playing a song with others? I kind of leaned. I, now again, I'm not saying what I'm saying is the correct answer, but I feel like. A musician, as in the art of music, when I am in a room playing with other people. So, for example, when I'm jamming at my jam night gig, for example, like when we do a really cool thing that just comes out of the air like magic. It's not been planned. It's just the spontaneity of jamming together. It feels like there's a, a magic in the air. And I go, oh, I'm a musician. You know, I create, I create sounds that people like with 
you know, being a musician is you literally make an inanimate object sing. That is the, that's the, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Yeah. So I would say maybe that would make you a musician. But you know what? If someone said to me, oh, I don't know whether this counts or not, I would say the, the borderline threshold for success of uh, am I a musician is can you sit in your bedroom and play one song? It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be uh, Master of Puppets. It doesn't have it could literally be I can play There She Goes by the Lars, which is G D and C all the way through. You know, something like that. Or I've learned the intro to Wonderwall by Oasis. Or I can play Smoke on the Water. I would say that's far enough for you to say, I'm a musician. Yeah, I could do music. Um, your theory bit was quite interesting as well because I've, I would say I've got a pretty strong knowledge of music theory. And I'm sh- uh, maybe indirectly it does help me. You know, I can kind of guess where chords are before I get to them. I can listen to a song and go, well, it's we're in a minor key and we're playing a B minor. I'm fairly certain there's going to be a D in here any minute now because the <laughs> D is the said. minor third, literally. Going back to your mum again, because oh. a, a you know a D is the third chord of B minor, so it's bound to be in there. We'll probably play an A because that's the seventh, that's the dominant seventh, which is one of the most important sections of the minor scale. You know these these kind of things pop up, and I would argue that's quite helpful. I don't think it's relevant to you classing yourself as a musician, mm. and in terms of sight reading, uh, I think that's completely irrelevant, apart from whether it's in the line of work you do or not yeah i can sight read i would say my sight reading ability is like a three out of ten maybe a four out of ten if you hand me sheet music i need a day just to kind of translate it and then i can go play it off the sheet music so i know what i'm looking at i understand the notes but i can't do what so many other people i know who work in musical theater do for example it's like right just give me the show sit down off we go i I would really like to be able to do that, but I can write my own charts. I can sight read tab. I would say that's just as important as anything else. So again, yeah. I don't really think that's part of the threshold for what makes you a musician either. It's um, it's a tricky question. Maybe we should have put this as the debate instead <laughs> of the uh, question. I don't know. I would really like to know what other people think about this because I think a lot of people will say, you're not a musician unless you gig regularly. You're not a musician unless you've released music that you've created. And here's, you know, th- those so many things. You've got your hand up. Go on. Uh, yeah, thank you, sir. Um, here's, and that's the important thing I think to to say is that ultimately it's not up to other people what makes you a musician. What makes you a musician? It's very up, true. It's you deciding that, and that's. Uh, one thing I suppose we haven't touched on on this question is what what did make us feel like a musician? Because like ongoing, yeah, there's all sorts of factors going into it. But I'm tr- I'm trying to think back to like the first moment when I went, I feel I feel like a musician. Um, for me, I don't know. It, it's a it's a really difficult moment to pinpoint because I'm trying to think like maybe it was the first time I played a gig and that rush and that feeling. And that really sparked the passion because I feel like if somebody just goes in and like, and can like learn and play Wonderwall and then never does it again and just doesn't have a passion for it, would they consider themselves a musician? Like I'm trying to think, yeah, you know, 
I'm maybe. trying to think about what sparked the passion. Yeah, um, maybe controversial opinion. Can you only call yourself a musician when you have compromised something else <laughs> in favour of music? Ah, interesting. You know, like a, I skipped going to the cinema on this day because I wanted to stay home and practice. I'm so, a musician. Now, here's one for me. I, I can apply myself to that. I decided not to move away to university because I wanted to stay in my band and play music. Uh, so I studied. I would locally. say that's a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, you know, changed my whole education trajectory based on yeah. playing bass. Um, and yeah, I don't, don't regret that at all because it afforded me memories that I will take to my grave uh, yeah. from going on tours. I would and, say... I would say, and this is only my self-definition, this is only my self-definition, you, Johnny, do not need to apply this to you in any way, and I actively encourage the other people who are listening to this, if they don't feel they are... If my definition doesn't align with yours, that is perfectly okay. Mm. I don't count myself as a musician (gasps) until I actually went self-employed as a musician. Because... For a long time, and even now, you know, I am very often riddled with imposter syndrome. If this isn't good enough, this isn't good enough. I hold myself to an uncomfortably high standard when it comes to my own playing. And that doesn't mean I follow through and play at a high standard. I will just hold myself to a like to an incredibly high standard. Like, for example, I've got some gigs coming up where, realistically, I am more prepared than a normal musician would say, yeah, I'm prepped for that. You know, I know what I'm doing. In my head, I'm like, no, you need to play the set three times in a row without making a single mistake. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not good enough. But that's my problem, Like, So I would say I only personally started calling myself a musician when my, my physical profession was music. But again, that's just me. Only because, one... I've had the unfortunates of dealing with a lot of people who told me I wasn't a proper musician because I had a job alongside things. But that sounds like a them problem, not me. And then what was the other thing I was going to say? And then, yeah, once I became full-time as a musician, it was like my entire well-being or financial health and all that sort of stuff depends on my ability now to play music. Like, the craft is going to pay the bills. Ergo, vis-a-vis, I am now... A musician, but once again, to hammer to hammer the point home to you and anyone else listening, you really don't have to apply that definition to yourself. If you play, I don't know, six gigs a year or less in a pub with your mates, or even you don't gig at all, gig at all, and you just like to sit at home and play songs that you like, you know, you listen to, I don't know, you listen to the new McFly single and went, oh, that's cool. I think I might just learn that because it's cool. Not to play it, just learn it. You can still be a musician. I think if you think you're a musician and you can actually play an instrument to even a beginner level, I kind of feel like that's the bare minimum, really. As long as you can play something, I would say you can call yourself a musician. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And some people might even break that down to define it as like, oh, well, you have to be able to play two instruments to be a musician. Otherwise, you're just a bass player, you know, and that's <laughs> like we said yeah, before. Yeah, there will be, there will that be people who say that. Yeah, and what do we call them? 
idiots. <laughs> Drummers. Um, yeah, so it's... Guitarists who say they can play bass. Then we can always tell. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, yeah. I, we I think, can, we can. I think it's a tough one, this, um, because it's all down to what makes you, what sparks the joy in it for you and what makes you keep going back to it, you know? And it might have been that rush from a gig. It might have been the rush from learning a song or being proud of yourself or being able to do that. Um, I don't think your employment status should define you as one thing. Like, you're not a I real think so musician. Too. I, Although you I say so that too. made you feel like one, like you said, doesn't that's just personal. What made you feel like, oh, wow, like, this is me now. Um, but then, you know. Yeah. In that, yeah, you know, in that case, I'm not a musician. Yeah, and I think, like I said, that's my that's only a personal definition that I would apply to myself. I would never, I don't think in any way, shape or form that if I see another person and music is a hobby to them, that they're not a musician. It's only my own lofty standards. It's the same as, I guess, the amount of people who go to the gym and they would say, well, you know, I go to the gym. No, 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 I only, no you only go twice a week. Mm. I go five times a week. Yes. I go to the gym or... I would say I'm in pretty good shape. Like, okay, I would say personally I'm in okay shape. Like, it's not not great, but you know, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm an unhealthy person. However, there will be someone out there who'll say to me, "Well, I run half marathons. You can't run a half marathon. Therefore, you are not in shape." Yeah. Or someone else will go, "Well, you can't bench press twice your body weight." So, I mean, you might get some idiots, and I'm going back to bass players now. You might get some idiot bass player who go. Oh well, you only own one bass, so you're not a proper bass player. <laughs> Would you mean you've never played flats? Are you, are you quoting me? Yeah, I'm quoting you because I, I refuse to. I won't. I won't give in to your your addiction, Jonathan. <laughs> as you sit there behind me with one, two, three, four, five, and then another four gig bags. I'm a man of guilty. Passion. I'm a man of passion, and let the world know you're a that. musician. No, I'm putting man of passion instead of musician now. I'm a man of passion. I'm a mashin, if you will. <laughs> oh, no, don't like that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and I think that's a great analogy, actually. And it, even just thinking about it like a runner, like if you if someone runs once a, once a week, are they, are they not a runner or are they a runner? Because I would say that they probably are, but someone that's running every day would be like, no. They're not. They're not. Yeah, right. and then someone who someone who competes at a professional level would say, "Well, you're not a runner. You're um, you go jogging as a hobby. I am. A, I am a runner. I run for yeah. a living." Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't think a musician is necessarily one hundred percent defined by being a um, job title. You know. Um, yeah, and so yeah. it's so it's so funny because I'm just thinking of loads of our examples now it's like if you like taking pictures on your phone can you call yourself a photographer maybe not mm. um i have posted four tiktoks as youtube shorts on my youtube channel does that make me a youtuber johnny makes you an influencer um i would oh, like I, mean, I would like to absolutely. gatekeep the youtube community actually and say that no chris no you're not I would probably I would probably argue in agreement with you that I'm not a YouTuber just because I have taken content that didn't do well on Instagram and just stuck it on YouTube. But then, you know, it's an interesting example because, you know, 
I call myself a YouTuber. It's not my job. It's not a full-time thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? Whereas I would say, I would say to anyone, yeah, Johnny's a YouTuber. Very interesting. But where's the but where's the threshold? You know, is it because you stuck a video on YouTube? Is it because you've got more than five hundred subscribers? Here's the thing that all of these things have in common: is consistency. At the end of the day, isn't yeah. It? If you're consistently doing something, and I think that can apply. Oh, to, yes, good point. Life. Good point. Yeah, I think we'll go with that. I would say, if you were trying to decide if you were a musician, it's like, well, do you? consistently do musical things mm. you know do you consistently learn new songs that you like do you consistently practice do you consistently spend time with your instrument in your hand and i'm talking about the guitar and or bass here not the other thing wink wink nudge Which, nudge whichever knobs you mean whichever knobs yeah do you twiddle knobs consistently <laughs> i know i do um Fantastic. Excellent question. Thank you so Excellent. much. Let us move on to the next uh, the next pit of the podcast. Johnny, I think we've made a uh, distinct error this week. Whoops. We this week's question two that we've just answered should have definitely been the debate for this week um, because this week's big base debate, I just, I don't, it's just not going to be as interesting. <laughs> uh, but we will present it anyway and we will debate accordingly and I'm hoping you have more answers to this than I will because I can only think of one and it's just because it's funny. So... Um, <laughs> And I think you already know what I'm going to say. So this week's big bass debate was what made you feel like a real musician? I mean, what bass would you erase from existence? Do you know what? I hadn't read that out loud and I didn't even realise the, uh, the the rhyming in which you were stumbling upon then. Um, it's... It makes it harder to uh, say out loud than you think. Yeah. Which what bass? I, I messed up with the first word. <laughs> See what I mean? What bass yeah. would you erase? From existence. Interesting question, I think, Chris. Excellent question. Um, uh, uh, mm. I have a few answers, but really, they're just kind of based on my taste and what I don't like. Um, because I want to preface it with this. There were, you know, these bases could have been very influential on type of music or certain people using them. Uh so I'm kind of taking that out of the equation because otherwise it might struggle a little bit. Because the first one that I want to, uh, that I could just erase from now moving forward is the um, the Hofner violin bass. Um, Ooh. <laughs> right? That That's why I said that, because obviously it's a very famous bass made. Hello? Made very famous. Paul? From... <laughs> oh God, he's Look, not. He's outside. Johnny, Johnny I've got... I've... I've got Big Paul on the phone, and uh, he said he's gonna he's gonna put come together on and then kick the shit out of you. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something else. Jesus Christ! I'm so sorry, Paul. Interesting. You know what? I I'll humour this point because you did just say from now onwards. Yes. So you basically saying the Hofner violin bass should just be laid to rest and gone now. I feel like there has been one person that's made it famous and made it sound good, and then it's just not being good from then on 
Um, and that's Ian Allison, yeah? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, no, it's just it's just not... Uh, like I said, it's just kind of my opinion because they, they just they just don't do anything for me. And then I might be missing out some crucial ones here, but it's the first base I think like, yeah, no, I'm, I never want to own that. And I never... It's just not desirable to me. I don't know what it is. It's that everyone I've played has just been a bit naff. And I think it can sound good in the right hands. But if I had to get rid of one, it's going to be that. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting point about what you were saying there in terms of like, if you could erase it from like this point forward, Mm. you know, like kind of like leave it alone, moving on, we're done. I I really struggle with this because there are bases that I don't particularly like, but does that mean they should be erased from existence? Mm. It's like, for example, like if I the only thing I could probably think of is um, Fender Base Six. I mean, probably acoustic bases. They just annoy me. That is Um, such a better example. Learn to play a double bass. You could have a fret. You can have fretted double basses. You can do that. Learn to do that or just play a normal bass with no tone on. I don't like acoustic basses, but that's just me. Yeah, I am um, in full agreement. Again, no reason for this to be... I don't think it deserves to be a race from experience, but I don't particularly like fretless basses. I don't even like the sound either. You know, that sliding kind of more vocally yeah. kind of sound. I don't like it. It doesn't appeal to me in any way, but that's just me. Yeah, and and I had the agreement, and like I'd never, like no genre of music I listen to ever utilizes it, or it would ever sound good for it. And I'm like, oh, it's just not really a bit of me. Um, and it's, it's it comes down to what could you just do without? What basses could you just do without? You know, having and, and ever listening to again. Yeah, the only two fretless things I've ever heard that I actually really like is there's a Pino Palladino baseline where he plays the fretless Stingray, and I've just completely forgot who he did it for, but it was someone quite big, like a very big hit. And then I like the intro of Until It Sleeps by Metallica, which is played on a fretless bass. Apart from that, um, oh, i tell you what, here's one that could actually, for a shout, be erased from existence. That pretty naff contemporary Squire bass <laughs> that you got sent that I, broke twice. I was going to say that up top. I was like... That's my like jokey one. Like, yeah, get in the bin because that's where it went. Um, yeah. Oh, and that um, that pretty gross looking Charvel that was like a P bass Rickenbacker thing. Yeah. That was quite minging. Yeah. Although, it, although now they've rebranded it in that like that kind of like olive drab military green with the black hardware. That is super cool. Yeah, it gives but it a whole the first version life. of it. Yeah, the first version of it. Disgusting. Try and think if there's anything else like uh, raised well, from existence. Okay, what about like your BC Rich, like Warlock bases and things like that? No, no, because I think they serve a particular purpose, and I think I think they look really cool. Ooh, okay, then then definitely. But that's not just me. me. It, it, I mean, if you're talking about like what would actually benefit, oh, this would be really horrible. Can you imagine if, and, and there will the be people P-bass. that, yes, like imagine if you're like, yeah, let's just get rid of the P-Base. No P-Base copies are ever allowed. It's gone. You know what? The industry would like, 
what do you do? You know, it, it, in a way, it would be very interesting to see what people come up with that is just totally different to that. Um, oh, you mean like you mean like copies. if we woke up tomorrow and the P bass had been made illegal, what would you do? Yeah, we just buy a jazz bass. <laughs> All right, very true. Um, but no, it'd be interesting. Yeah, as in if the P bass was never invented, what was going to happen? Yeah, because that was the first bass. So yeah. that's quite an interesting, like you know, Back to the Future esque thing where Marty McFly goes back in time and accidentally breaks the first P bass. Yeah. <laughs> that would be incredible i mean not incredible for us i mean like uh, i'd love to 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 see what would come out instead but you'll be on upright still yeah probably yeah uh which wouldn't be very fun because um i'm lazy at carrying things yeah i'm i can't think of anything else really that would erase from existence Uh, i never really liked those they're called are they steinberger bases you know with the tiny little square bodies and the headless ones never been a big fan of those don't necessarily think they should be erased from existence, but I'm, you know, still not a massive fan of them anyway. Yeah, let it be said that like all of these opinions, somebody out there is going to be like, well, "That's my favorite," or like, "You can't get rid of that." We know, we know. Yeah, <laughs> this is more just like if we had to, what would we personally like? Just be fine with not seeing. Again? Yeah, um, we're not yucking your yum. Yeah, I'm submitting the acoustic bass as my submission for this. I don't like them. Mm. Get rid of it. Yeah, I I feel like I should have I should have gone with that. Um another one I'd like to throw in the fire um is uh, an SG bass. Ooh, controversial. I'm full of it today, full of it. Um I feel like I've never heard one and gone, "Yes!" That's the one. You mean like an e- you mean like an EBO? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, hmm. all right. I'll, I will put it down to just the EBO then. To be fair, because I feel I like the SG shape, and I feel like there is maybe like a short scale bass. It could be pretty cool. I I really like the guitars. Um, but yeah. on bass, it's just a bit weird. Um, so I feel like there's potential. Like it could be really good. I know like ESP did the Viper. I think it was that was pretty cool with like active electronics and stuff. But like, mm. I don't know. I I could do without that. It's fine. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people out there who, who probably think, "Oh, I wish I wish Dingwall never appeared." Oh, all this fan frat silliness. You realise that this is being recorded, right? Gonna yeah, send that straight yeah, you... to Sheldon Dingwall. Yeah, as, well, I'm disagreeing with them. I'm saying I'm sure there are people out there who think that, and I strongly disagree with them. Okay, whatever. whatever yeah, inter- it's interesting though, isn't it? Um, Paizo bridges on bases. I wish they never existed. Don't like those. Yeah, I've never really seen like... Eh. Also, that's the first time I've heard anyone else say that word. Never heard anyone say it before. I always thought it was... I think it's Paizo. I, I don't thought... think it's Pizio. That's what, that's how I always read it, or P- Piezo. 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 Whenever I see it, I'm like, that's. I guess that's how you say it. I think it is Piezo. Well, it couldn't be as bad as last week's episode with uh, Ibanez on there. <laughs> James, I hope you're listening. Ibanez. Maybe. Um, Ibanez. And there will be people out there who will just be like, yeah, erase them. Get rid of them. Don't want to see them. Just everything by Ibanez, ever. <laughs> um... I think that's brought us pretty much to the end. Thank you very much uh, yeah. for that question. 
Um, and yeah, let us know what base you would uh, erase from existence if you could uh, in one of the ways that we've decided how to do it. And you can do that by reaching out to one of us on the old uh, Instagram. Uh, you can reach out to myself uh, at Johnny Dibble Base and to good friend Christopher um, at, at that guy on base. And that is also where we put up our question poll for the week's podcast. So make sure you keep an eye on our stories to see uh, when it pops up and to submit your questions like all of the lovely people did today. Chris, is there anything else you wish to sing song, dance about before we sign off? No, as usual, there is not too much. However, you know what I would like to say? At the time of release, you will have seen a post on my Instagram of, let's just say, me in an orange jumper looking slightly ominously at the camera. I would like you to go onto my Instagram and look at that post and you will see a tag for a band. I would like you to go follow that page, if possible, please. That is all the information I will be giving at this time. But yes, if you could follow the band that I have tagged in the post that you will see on my feed when this episode is released, that would be very much appreciated. Thank you. Yes, please. Very big things coming very soon. Am I right? You are right. Incredible. Make sure you do that and make sure that you rate this podcast. Share it with your friends, you know? Be like, hey, listen to this five-star podcast. It's it's bloody great. Um, if you've got any bass player friends, send it to them, you know? More the merrier. We all like having a fun time on here and love getting you all involved with questions, etc. Lots of fun stuff. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Ta-ta for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.